I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. And in my hour of darkness, she's standing right in front of me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. And yeah, that wasn't my intro. We mixed it up tonight. It's been a long time since I've had uh, custom intros, but tonight's guest is a big-time Beatles fan, and I uh, thought we would give her a shout-out uh, with that song there and uh, let it be by the Beatles. Tonight's guest, Miss Diana Bixby, is the principal of our local elementary school here in Milford, Pennsylvania. Uh, she is the principal there, and that's where my kids go to school too. So I got my kids' principal on. The show tonight, so we better have things in order. Uh, so thank you so much uh, for tuning in tonight, and uh, we are live on Facebook. We're on iTunes, and uh, shout out to our friends in Canada, Voice Ed Radio Canada, and our friend Stephen Hurley. Thank you so much uh, uh, for that opportunity to be on live in Canada. Today's sponsor of the show is my friend uh, Michelle DiFilippo at 1106 Design. Uh, Michelle is the one that helped me uh, put my book together, The Principle, Surviving and Thriving. And uh, uh, if you are thinking of writing a book, if you have written something and you wanted to look at it, if it's kind of there and you don't know how to get started uh, with book writing, Michelle DiFilippo at uh, 1106 Design is your person. Here is her contact information. I'll put that on there. You certainly can call her 602-866-3226 or send her an email, md at 1106design. That's Michelle DiFilippo, md at 1106design.com. They helped me design my website. Um, they helped me get the book on Amazon. They helped everything soup to nuts. And as Michelle said, a lot of hand-holding uh, with the book. And uh, it was a great process. So I, I thank them for sponsoring uh, today's show. That being said, let's get started. And again, today's guest is Miss Diana Bixby. Uh, elementary school principal here in Milford, Pennsylvania. Um, we're going to be meeting her in just a minute. One of the resources that I like to use, I find daily inspiration, I find great stuff, is at leadershipfreak.com. My friend uh, Dan Rockwell, he was on the show uh, a while back now. We're at show number 62, um, but Dan was on a while ago, and uh, I get an email every day, a couple times a day, and Dan is everywhere. He's one of the best leadership people out there. Uh, and he had uh, a blog post a couple of uh, days ago, and uh, the toughest challenges of leadership. We're going to talk to Diana about some of that. And, and for those that are in education leadership, we know it can be a challenge at times. Um, so Dan wrote uh, 12 of them. I'm going to take seven of them. So Dan writes again, leadershipfreak.com. Check it out. And uh, he's Dan Rockwell. Humility during success, Right. My dad always used to tell me, SPS, self-praise stinks. So when things are going good at your school, make sure you're pointing to others um, and, and never make it about you. It's about the kids. It's about the other people. Uh, when someone compliments you on the cleanliness of your school, make sure those compliments go to the custodians um, and, and those kinds of things. So certainly be humble and have humility during the good times. And the other part, 
Be confident during the bad times. Be confident during setbacks. Um, that's number two. Number three, stepping back so others can step up. As the leader, uh, I wouldn't say I'm a control freak, but I certainly want things a certain way. You could ask my secretaries and I, I thank them for all they do for me. Um, but step back sometimes, right? Let others lead, let others shine, and, and let others do their thing. Number four, admitting mistakes. Uh, that's not one of my challenges. I make plenty of them and certainly saying, hey, that was my bad. Um, I don't have a problem with that. But as a leader, sometimes people don't want to do that. They think it's a sign of weakness or they feel they need to be perfect. Um, you know, that's not one of the things that I go through. Number five, listening with the goal of learning. That is a problem for me. Uh, that is something I'm constantly working on. I hope this thing is on here. It looks like my screen froze. I hope you can still hear me. I don't know. My screen froze here. Hopefully it'll loosen up. Um, but listening, that's something my wife helps me with. That's something that uh, the people I work with helps me with. Uh, I'm going to touch on ADD with my friend uh, Diana Bixby here. And that's something I've learned uh, later in life that I have. And um, I, I view it as a, a superpower, not a, a weakness, right? Um, how about leading change? Leaders don't just do things, they change things. Leading others to change, and, and um, that could be a challenge, right? You wanna create a change in your school, in your, in your school district. You have the idea, you try to share it with others. Maybe it's during the summer and no one's there, right? And then school comes back and you want to implement this change and they come back and it, it, that's a challenge, right? So how do you create change? How do you get people on board where a lot of the work gets done in the sum summer? I can see Miss Bixby shaking her head here because that is a, a, a challenge. Uh, that's number six, leading change. And number seven, learning from criticism, Right. As a leader, it's important that you ask for feedback. Um, I've been asking for Google, Google surveys, right? Some of the stuff I've done because, uh, and I hope this thing is working here. It looks like my screen froze. I hope you can hear me. Uh, the screen froze. I don't know what that means. No, no, no. I hope you can hear me. <laughs> I don't see it moving, but we're still recording. So um, learning from criticism. I ask people for feedback. I ask people, be honest with me. How is that presentation? How is that received? People are afraid to go to the principal and say, you need to improve this. Uh, a couple of years ago, my friend Jenny Cornell in Port Jervis, uh, she came to me. She said, Mr. Murata, you're doing a good job. This freshman orientation is not good enough. I am a freshman parent, first time through. I don't have enough information. I don't know what's happening to my kid. You got to do a better job. And I really remember that. And I appreciated her having the courage to tell me that. Not that I was going to bite her head off or anything. But if people don't say those things to you, if people aren't honest with you, if you're not open to receiving the criticism, they're not going to do it. And then what? You're just going to keep on going on the way you're doing, thinking it's all fine. But maybe people don't like what you're doing. So that is something that, um, you know, I think is very important. Five and six are the ones that I struggle with, listening and then leading the change. I have the idea. I have the things I want to do. It's getting by and getting people on board. And sometimes we know in, in education, there's no bonuses. There's no, 
You know, there's no uh, extras other than the satisfaction of the kids uh, and getting that pat on the back. But sometimes there's a resistance to change because they're comfortable in what they're doing. And I struggle with that. So um, those are from my friend Dan Rockwell, uh, the leadership freak, toughest challenges of leadership. Um, I hope they work for you. I hope something resonated with you. Uh, but let's get started. Let's meet Miss Bixby. Come on over, Miss Bixby. I don't know what happened with this thing. I feel like I want to restart it. I hope it's going, but let's see. We're going to keep going, and if something's wrong, we'll, we'll have to do it again. Come on in here. <laughs> see, now you're, it's not on here. I don't know oh, what happened. Yeah. yeah, this froze. This never happened before. Hmm. Technology. Can you maybe start it? Let's try this. Let's try to undo the internet. That again. It's gonna work. I have the power. You have the power. Diane's gonna work. fix it. <laughs> Sorry if you're listening live. Let's try that. Maybe your mom was trying to come out <laughs> and blow up the system. I'm thinking, there we go. All right. There you are. Let me get this out of the way. All right. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. Thanks Glad so much for, for coming you. on. This is Miss Diana Bixby. She is the principal at Shahola Elementary here in Milford, Pennsylvania. And she is doing great things. And I'm, I'm really excited to have you on. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Yeah. Diana, tell uh, you know our listening audience here, tell us a little bit about your background and uh, they know you're a Beatles fan, but yes, I am. Tell me a little bit about your journey of becoming principal at, at Chihuahua. Principal at Chihuahua. So first, I started. Um, I was a special education teacher for seven years. I worked a small town girl. Ended up going to um, the D.C. area and taught there uh, between D.C. and Philly, and then ended up coming back home for a couple years. So I was a teacher for seven years, and I went back to school and be a principal. Um, I got my principal cert and supervisor of special ed cert, and I couldn't decide uh, what I wanted to do. I still wanted to work with kids, mm -hmm. but I really loved special ed, so I wasn't sure um, which end to go to because the supervisor of special ed I knew was more paperwork and things like that. Mm -hmm. So my professor called me and said, hey, there's this job at Delaware Valley. It's an assistant principal for special ed. And I said, whoa, that's my job. That sounded like a perfect so fit. It was. Okay. So I feel like, so I, I interviewed and got the job. And I was there for 10 years uh, at the high school, Delaware Valley, wow. for 10 years. As I didn't realize it was 10 years. 10 yeah. years, yeah. And I really, um, I loved it. And I didn't didn't want to leave that job. But then I, I felt like um, maybe I could make more of a difference with kids when they're younger. So that's what finally made me take the move to uh, interview to try to be a principal. Yeah. So this is my fourth year starting to show up. Diana, what was it about special ed that, that drew you in there? What was it about, you know, working with those kids that we know need so much? Well, I feel like a lot of kids uh, in special education, they don't always, they're not understood. Mm -hmm. So there's not, people don't have always as much patience or understanding. And I feel like I've always been an advocate for, for kids with special needs. So that's really just been my passion. Nice. And you've been uh, in, in elementary school now, and, and Shahola is a special place for those that are here local. <laughs> they know that. But what are some of the things that 
make Shahola a successful place? And again, not just Shahola, but what, in your opinion, what are some of the things that make a successful elementary school? Well, I have to tell you, Andrew, there are, Shahola was very successful before I even mm. walked in the door. Um, the, the teachers, the community, um, it was a great place. So I was just trying to look at how I could make it even better. Okay. And so some of the things that I think there's great parent communication. We really try to work close with the parents there. And uh, another thing, the staff, I have a wonderful staff. They're hardworking. Um, a lot of them go above and beyond. They do, uh, we have a reading incentive sleepover. They stay overnight, all night. These are all just, volu they volunteer to do that. You know, so there's all kinds of things teachers do. And I think it's just the passion of the the teachers and I, I feel the parents, you know, working with the parents, that, that really helps. And now putting your two loves together, tell me, are you able to identify a kid earlier, maybe kindergarten, first grade that is struggling and you could, because you spent so much time at secondary special mm -hmm. education, yeah. I, I can see what that is. And are there earlier interventions that you're able to do now because of your expertise in that area? Well, we're pretty lucky. Um, we started uh, three years ago. This is the fourth year, actually, I think, that we started a pilot program within the state of Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, uh, my, my boss, Dr. Schaefer, brought that in. Um, we were one of only eight schools in the whole state to start at Orton-Gillingham um, pilot intervention. Okay. And it's, it's an amazing thing to help kids with reading. So that's been, been a really great thing um, to help kids avoid any special education issues. But I always, I've always felt like this. Um, there are times when kids uh, need extra supports and need to be identified early. But K1 and 2, it's really hard. I'd re really try to put more interventions into place, like response to intervention, mm -hmm. um, and try to do as much as we can. Um, if a child needs special education, we, we of course will do that. But I want to make sure we put everything into place in the regular ed classroom before Beforehand, it yeah. gets to that point. So when they're really little, you know, we hope to try to do other things first. I hear a lot about RTI in, in yeah. the district I work in, and I know it's big at the, um, the the younger levels. I know you have some other great programs there, um, you know, the Seven Habits, the Leader in Me. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about those programs and, and the impact they're having on your school. I'll tell you, I love um, the Seven Habits. I'm a huge Stephen Covey fan, as I know you mm -hmm. are too. Um, when I first heard about the leader in me uh, in 2011, actually, I was still working at the high school, but I heard of this Global Leadership Summit in Pittsburgh for the leader in me, which was for elementary kids. And even though I was out to high school, I thought, this is amazing. This is what we need for elementary kids because so kids are not we're not putting out fires at the high school. Mm -hmm. So we're able to be proactive, habit number one, there you go. and really Shout help out. the kids before, you know, there becomes a big problem and we're teaching them all these skills. And I remember going out to Pittsburgh and it was just amazing experience. I was able to hear uh, Muriel Summers, the principal that first started the Leader in Me program oh, from yeah. North Carolina. Um, Dr. Covey, unfortunately, wasn't feeling well. He was over the um, big screen, mm -hmm. but um, it was just an amazing thing. And I, you know, they were talking about all these um, young students being able to pu be public speaking and have confidence. And I'm thinking, yeah, I, I just don't know if that would work. And on the stage in front of a thousand or more people, a first grade student comes, uh, you know, fourth grade student comes and they're speaking confidently and talking to everyone. Wow. And it, it was just amazing. So then I already knew it was, it was just an amazing program. And we're very fortunate that um, when Dr. Bell came to, to the district that he really believed in this program as well and, and brought it to the school. So it, it's just an amazing program. And what I really, 
you know, people say, oh, it's a program, the leader in me. And, and Covey himself to told us that he didn't make any of these things. He just kind of packaged it, you know, sure. in a program. So these are timeless principles that every kid and adult could really could use. So we're teaching kids how to be proactive. We're teaching kids to work with each other. We're teaching kids to be responsible for themselves, be accountable for themselves. It's just an amazing program. And actually this year they're bringing it into the middle school as well. And there's something in the high school that they're doing with it too. So our district is, is doing a lot with the seven habits. Yeah. The kids sing that song. Yeah. Uh, uh, you don't want me singing on this show, but uh, they sing <laughs> yeah, the song. And uh, I mean, the leadership day, I mean, you had the kids greeting us, they did the leadership mm -hmm. walk, yeah. uh, so many things. And, and there's I, more plans this year too for it. I have my kids on the on the show here I and they talked it. about yep. that. And I saw uh, that. Uh, maybe we'll have to get some more young people on here oh, to talk yeah. about leadership, right? Maybe our listening uh, yeah. listening audience would, would appreciate that. Um, mm -hmm. but that's great to give kids exposure to leadership opportunities at that age. Right. That's I just really think cool. like if we had those kind of things when we were that age, you know, and that's actually how it started. Um, Mio Osama is the principal who kind of created this. You know, she went to a seven habits training and she stood up and said, well, I wish I learned this when I was younger. Like, why don't why don't why isn't there a program for little kids? Yeah. And, and Dr. Covey said, well, if you figure it out, let me know. Let's so go. she went home and figured it out. Oh, wow. and let him know. So that's how it started. Yeah. Oh, wow. But I'm a big fan. Yeah. Diana, I know one of the things we do. Um, well, hey, let me ask you this first. You heard the opening concept about, mm -hmm. you know, challenges of leadership and, and my friend there, uh, Dan Rockwell. Mm -hmm. Did any of those resonate with you? Like, yes. hmm, yeah, this one I'm OK, but this one I struggle with. Did any of them jump out at you that, that resonated with you? Yeah, uh, you talked about the one with change. Mm -hmm. And my first year that I was an assistant principal at the high school, I had a mentor. Uh, Really, I'm very blessed I still am able to, to speak with them. He always gave me a lot of good advice. And he said, Diana, we have a great staff here, but I just need you to know they can deal with anything but change. <laughs> and he said, you know, just remember that as you go along. And, it, you know, he's a little sarcastic, but I think of that, you know, and even the best teachers, even even the best administrators, change is hard for everyone. Yeah. And that's something to always keep at the, the top of your your head and you know I did have summer ideas and you know I, I realized that it can't just be your summer idea it has to go through through the staff and I learned last year that you know so there's a lot of ideas but you got to make sure that everybody's on board, on board and, yeah and, and work with that so nobody wants the this is what we're doing because I said it and yeah, uh, I did yeah. have a small group that kind of worked with me but you really need to get more staff buy-in I think it takes a year Right. And, and I think you talked about ADD. You just want to do it right now. Get everything done right now. Let's but go. sometimes you have to take time to make it to make it better. So I'm learning that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Diana, I mean, I love the little kids. I love to come to the school mm -hmm. and see the good things that are happening and you know, mm -hmm. the classrooms, the bulletin boards. And, and in my mind, right, it's just little kids, right? They're hanging out, they're playing, they're having yeah. fun. But I know there's specific things that you're looking for when you walk into a classroom. Mm -hmm. Uh, at, at our high school, we're looking for student engagement. We're looking for the learning target. Those are some mm -hmm. of the things that we're working on. What do you expect to see, even, even if it's not a full observation, you know, but for that 10, 15, 20 minutes that you're in a room, what, what are some of the things you want to see? You know, I'm looking for the kids' engagement as well. So we do, um, I'm looking for a lot of cooperative learning, you know, kids helping each other, kids working together. Um, classroom procedures, it's tough because when, 
um, a teacher has great classroom procedures. Kids are, they know exactly what to do. And that, you know, it minimizes a lot of time that's lost mm -hmm. in instruction. Also looking for, you know, the positive attitude of a teacher. Um, I'm, again, I'm very fortunate. There's a lot of great, you know, positive. But if the kids don't see that you're excited, they're not going to be excited. So, you know, I'm looking for that as well. So. Cool. Engagement's big. I, uh, you know, we try to have the teacher be a facilitator, and, yes. and that, that saying of a guide on the side versus Stages. a sage on the stage, yeah. because there are dynamic teachers, right? And they're they're kind of owning the room, mm -hmm. but you want more of the kids owning it. Yep. And that's a challenge sometimes. Yeah. We actually just had, um, as part of our leader and me training, um, we had a training about empowering instruction and how the teachers could do, you know, it's difficult if you're a teacher, okay, I'm do I'm controlling the classroom tomorrow. I'm not, that, that's not how it works. Mm -hmm. So um, we, we had a wonderful trainer who was really good and he was explaining, you can just do the little things, you know, give, give away control of smaller things. And, and it really helps let the kids, you know, give them more responsibility. And the teachers had a lot of great feedback for me on that. Diana, one of the things that we uh, also deal with, right, is complaints, right? Things that come in, they're not happy about this, they're not yeah. happy about that. And, yeah. you know, tell me, tell me, you know, what is your, how do you handle when someone has a complaint? Is it, is it a phone call or your email? What, how, mm -hmm. how do you handle those things? And, you know, if you get a complaint about yeah. something going on in the classroom or something mm -hmm. in the school? Well, our, our policy is that you need to have, if you have a complaint, you meet, you talk to the contact the person that you have a complaint with. That's a district, with. district policy? District policy. Oh, okay. So I encourage parents when they call me um, to speak with the teacher first mm -hmm. or, you know, to see what the issue is. If they can't resolve it, then they can meet with me. Um, I do have a, a pretty open door policy with parents mm -hmm. um, if I'm available. Mm -hmm. You know, I will certainly, I think it's parent communication is so important. Huge. And it, sometimes it takes, um, it takes extra time. You know, sometimes I'm there late. Sometimes I'm calling parents at eight o'clock at night on my cell phone. Um, but I think it's really important to make sure parents are understanding what's going on. So um, that's one of the biggest things. But the teachers are really good. Uh, sometimes parents come right to me and I explain, you know, speak with the teacher. And most of the time the teacher works it out. Um, we, I have meetings if we need to. But I think the biggest thing is, is uh communicating with the parents and is it do you ever have to do like mediations where it's the teacher and the parent and you and you're yes. kind of you know yeah. I, I have a referee shirt here yeah. you know, <laughs> no it's never really like that most of the time it's just misunderstandings a lot of the time um i don't think that you know most of the time kids just um perceive things in, in a different way so yeah. they go home and explain it and maybe the teacher didn't explain it or you know, the teacher's perception was different than the kid's perception. So once once we have a meeting, it usually works out, yeah. you know, once everybody sits down. But I'm, I think that's really important to take the time to do that. You can't hurry through that kind of stuff. You have to make sure that things are worked out so you have a good, good rest of the year. You know, they say, uh, I, I like, um, now, of course, the author is escaping me. But they say the doctors that get sued the, le the least amount of times are the doctors that listen the most and don't rush the patients out of the room. Really? Yeah. I forgot. Uh, I can't remember his name. But they did a study about that, and they actually recorded the sound of who did the most talking and how much time he spent with the patients. 
Wow. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's, that's a good point. Yeah, what you're no, saying, yeah, definitely. And I've been told, oh, you spent, you know, it's it's a lot of your time, and you should cut some of that time out. But I believe that's really important, and cool. I am not going to change that because, you know, parents, they're the, you know, we might be the experts, so we think in in education, but parents are the experts on their kids, on their kids, and we yeah. have to we have to value that and recognize that. Diana, is it a blessing or a curse that your own children uh, are with you? You have one one left in school, but right. I know my wife uh, is there also and it's good for me, but I know it might not be good for her at all times. What is that like when you're the authoritarian or the person in Mm -hmm. charge? You have to have your mom there, too. Is is it good or bad that that's the situation? I would I would say that most of the time it is a blessing. Um, because, uh, I'm a mom, I have mom guilt. So I've, you know, had to work a lot being an administrator and Mm -hmm. I do, I do worry about, am I spending enough time with my kids? So it is nice that they're at my school because I don't miss their concerts because I have to be there. I don't miss, I don't miss things that they're doing. So that's a blessing and I'm really happy, but we set ground rules right from the beginning. Like you can't just do whatever you want because your mom is in the school. Yeah. Um, you know. An example with my son um, in the morning, if he forgets something in my office, he does not come back. He's not allowed to come back and get it. That's mm-hmm. it. Don't forget um, your he, stuff, Harrison. Yeah, when <laughs> and he does. But, you know, I have parents that bring bring stuff from home to, to, to the office. And, you know, and that's a choice of a parent. Mm-hmm. But I, I told him, you know, it's like you left it at home and you're not getting it. So they can't just come to the office or they're like any other student. So, but, you know, it, it is a little, it is tough sometimes if there's an issue or something. And as a parent, you know. I want to work one way, but I'm the administrator too. So that, that can be tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very mm-hmm. tough. But I, I'm glad, though, that I am able to share on that experience with them for the most part. Give them a shout out, Harrison and Bella. Your mom's <laughs> doing a good job. And I uh, yeah, appreciate her being on the show here. Um, Diana, some of the stuff outside of school now, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's going on in your life. So soon it's going to be Dr. Bixby. Is that is that right? Tom? Yes, I'm going to be. Yes, that's going to be very soon. Tell me about that journey. And uh, uh, is it worth it? You probably don't know the answer. Is it worth it yet? Because you're not there yet. But, you know, you're getting your doctorate. That's a big yeah. deal. Yes. Um, getting my doctorate was on my bucket list. So for years. And that was just something I was going to do. And uh, it's Bix- been Bixby. it's been a really uh, challenging experience for me. But I think, um, again, another mentor that I had in um, in school one of my professors, the professor that actually got me to Delaware Valley, he said, you don't have to be a genius to get your doctorate. You just have to be able to persevere through all the obstacles. Mm-hmm. And every time that I'm ready to, to call it quits, I think of Dr. Connolly and I think, okay, I just have to persevere. So I've had a lot of challenges. The classes were not easy, but, you know, you get it done. But I think um, part of my prioritizing everything, being a mom, being an administrator, being a wife, being a student, working on the dissertation always falls to the bottom of the list. So it's taken me a little longer. I had some challenges with chair, with my chairperson and, and other things. I have a new committee, a great committee now, which is good. Okay. So um, I did finish all my research this summer. What is and, your dissertation uh, about? Do you have a, a yeah, my dissertation, thesis there? It, it is about zero tolerance. What wow. is the future of zero tolerance discipline policies? Mm-hmm. So we hear a lot of things about alternatives to zero tolerance. And in uh, the research, there's a lot of things that talk about um, it's more quantitative, like, you know, schools, um, 
administrators and cops, they, they do everything wrong for students and they don't do anything but kick them out of school and expel them. Mm -hmm. And those are things that happen to students. But I, as an administrator, I see how hard, and I, and I know you can relate with this, that administrators and teachers and counselors all work to help at-risk kids and yeah. to help things that have. So I'm trying, mine is a qualitative study, talking with administrators, trying to figure out all of the proactive things that they're doing. Yeah. And, um, you know, zero tolerance is changing, I think, and just getting all that information. So right now I'm in the process, I've collected all my data and I'm in the process of just uh, analyzing got that. And right, got so right. hopefully by the spring, okay. I'll get it done. We might have to have you back on to kind of celebrate <laughs> that. And I, I'd like to hear that because I know that's one of the seven habits, um, you know, is, is you know, being proactive and positive. And um, I remember the story of the police, right? You know, being positive and giving positive tickets for yes. good behavior and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, how about Miss Bixby? You know, you mentioned your mom, uh, principal, getting your doctorate. You know, there's a lot there. Mm -hmm. But I see a, a bike rack on the back of that minivan, um, yeah. and you know, relieving stress, right? Keeping mm -hmm. your health. Um, tell me about the bike riding and, and how you work okay. that in, and, and is that something that you really love? Yeah, I do love to bike ride. I actually, um, when I was in the D.C. area, I did a sensory rides, the 100-mile rides, and I actually oh, wow. did I did an AIDS ride where I collected about over four grand, $4,000 for um, an AIDS charity in D.C. Mm -hmm. um, they flew my bike down to North Carolina in Raleigh, and I rode my bike from Raleigh to D.C. in three days. Oh, my God. So it was 110 miles a day, and they, like, set up these tent cities and you know um, and actually two weeks before that that whole entire event I did a century ride and I was a block away from Catholic University where I started the century ride and I got sideswiped by a car and hurt my my knee and my hand <laughs> I know. so by the time I came into DC I was literally like I had ice like rolled on my leg and it was funny but i love i do love biking it's a great stress reliever yeah. yeah yeah so you know i'm just starting to get around here like the different bike trails and it's fun with the kids too and when we go to cape cod like biking that's one of my favorite things to do there so a lot of hills so, up around this area though yeah there are I like the flat i don't hills. mind the hills i don't mind the hills. you like the hills yeah, yeah. See, I, don't, I don't like the hills <laughs> I like you, you bike too right? i go on yeah. the flat parts yeah, yeah so the flat parts yeah. Um, another thing I know you really enjoy is the Beatles. We opened yes, that. Yeah. We opened the show with that. Mm -hmm. Where did that love of the, the Beatles, uh, you know, come from? Yeah. Interestingly enough, I told you that um, not from my parents because they they were uh, more fifties yeah. uh, type type of people. But um, in high school, I, um, my boyfriend was a good guitar player, okay. and he was learning the uh, learning some Beatles songs, and I really, he was playing the song, and I really loved it. Uh, um, here comes the sun. So I asked to borrow the cassette tape. I'm showing my age. Old school. Old school. Old school alert. So I put the cassette tape in my Mustang, old school. I'm talking about. <laughs> and, uh, it, and he's like, I need it back the next day. And I'm like, all right, don't worry about it. And it broke. You know how it the eats uh, the, yeah, the, the And tape. so <laughs> I went to the mall the very next day, bought a new tape. And uh, Abbey Road bought the tape, and then I just put. You know how you used to put the tape on the um, mm -hmm. on the cassette tape, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I love all of these songs. And then I just bought another one and another tape, and I ended up loving. That's how that was really how how it came through. It ended up. Um, I took uh, when I was studying in Scotland. I took a pilgrimage to Liverpool, so I saw like I walked down Penny Lane listening to the song. I saw Strawberry Fields. 
I saw where John and uh, Paul first met at the church picnic. I saw where they wow. lived, the cavern club, like it was so amazing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Really cool. So, yeah. That's awesome. You know, in the, in the book, and uh, again, I, I'm having a brain freeze with uh, the author here, uh, but the concept of 10,000 hours, right? You got to do something 10,000 hours before you get good at it. And he told the story of the Beatles when they first formed, they went to Germany to play and it was a 24 hour rock and roll club and they would play oh. eight hour sessions on and off. So they played sometimes 16 hours a day. And you think yeah, about the time it. that you put in to be good at something and, and uh, um, that's, you know, that's tremendous, but that's yeah, cool. Really cool. You know, and the Beatles have, you know, it's more than just music, that their message of love and love. kindness and, and just, you know, the good things in life. Yep, I'll give a shout out. Um, on our wedding day, I told you we had a lot of Beatles themes to it, but um, on, um, on our wedding day, my brother-in-law gave a wonderful speech, and one of the things he said was, um, a good man once said, all you need is love. You're getting teary-eyed. You're getting choked up. Um, <laughs> wow. You know, it was, wow. you know, yeah. I miss my brother-in-law. But it was, uh, it was very nice, but that's really the message. Yeah. It's true. Like, yeah. at the end of the day, that's all you need is love. So. Yeah. Well, and you yeah. think about the special teachers, right, to go back to the people. Mm -hmm. who, you know, you could just tell they love their job. They yes. love the kids. Mm -hmm. uh, and we think about our favorite teachers that we had, right? They yeah. just. You know, my Angela, right? It's not what they say yeah. or do. It's how they make you feel. How when you feel that love, yes. you know. Now, my shout out, Mrs. Fuller is my favorite. My favorite, my fourth grade teacher, Mrs. Wow. Fuller. She's one of my favorite teachers. Yep. I had a lot of them, but. That's beautiful. Yeah. Dana, before we get to rapid fire, that's a favorite of the program. Uh, I got a blank check here, you know. And if I were to give you a blank check, no unions, no budget, no restrictions, no anything. What would be the school you would design? And, and you know, tell me a little bit about that dream. Hmm. So no uh, federal and state regulations. Uh, yeah. The Diana uh, Bixby School, period. <laughs> Dr. Bixby. Yeah. Um, I really think, uh, unfortunately, um, we have so many kids now coming to school, and I'm sure you see the same thing. Um, it's not it's not the same. They're not coming to us from the same type of home. So I really believe that all teachers should be trained in trauma-informed care and mm -hmm. learning how to work with kids who have gone through trauma. Mm -hmm. um, trauma could be something small or big, but um, it really is. A, it affects students. It affects their brains. And I think that's huge. So yeah. I really focus on that with the teachers. Um, other things that I would do is, uh, you know, obviously student-centered learning and make sure, like, we, we just, it's so hard to have time, you know, with all of the state directives sure, and, and federal sure. and, and mandates. Um, it's not the teachers. They would, I'm sure at my school, the teachers would, would do a lot of great creative things. But, you know, that the students are working on things that they're really passionate about and learning more about that. And mm -hmm. what, what does it take? Mm -hmm. So it would definitely be that. Uh, there would definitely be uh, social workers at my school, in the elementary school. Um, and in the high school and that kids are learning on coping skills because unfortunately I think with technology There's just so many kids are sitting behind the screen yeah. now. They're not able to interact as much And, and parents is in, in with good intentions are trying to do everything for their kids So kids aren't able to really deal with a lot of conflicts yeah. so um, I really think teaching kids conflict resolution and and our coping skills are, are really important. So I would probably um, just really with my background with working at residential treatment and different alternative schools would probably be more leaning towards alternative school with that type of. 
We'll get that check right written after the show. All right. Yeah, yeah that'd be great. <laughs> All right, Diana. Rapid fire portion of the show. Uh, you're doing a great job here. Um, last book you read? Uh, the Energy Boss. I told talked to you about that. John Gordon. Yeah. John, if you're listening, we want to have you on the show. Oh, uh, he also wrote The Power of Positive Leadership, right? You're yes. doing that with your group there? Yes. Uh, yeah. Dr. Bell, actually, um, that's what we're reading with our administrative team, The Power of Positive Leadership. And it really is, it's it's a great book. And, and I saw uh, the energy bus, you know, through there and because he also wrote that. And it was just really, really great book. Last movie you saw? Um, the last movie I actually saw was, uh, I'm a huge Adam Sandler fan. Oh yeah, so, so cool. Billy Madison. Okay. I have to laugh. But, the old one? But, is there a new one? No, no, it was the old one. Oh, but okay. Because I don't, we don't really watch a ton of movies. Yeah. But I would say when I when I think about that, the Greatest Showman was probably uh, the, the last great. And I know you're a big fan. Big of that. fan. Just in a, you don't I want me really singing. Love that. Yeah, that was a great, great movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. If we scroll through your iPhone, I think we know the answer <laughs> to this. So after the Beatles, mm -hmm. who would be your favorite artist or type of music? Interestingly enough, um, you a lot. I like a lot of different kinds of music, but um, Tom Petty would be next. He's my. Uh, you got I to see you. him in concert. I was lucky enough pass, to see him yeah. last summer, or yeah. two summers now okay. ago. Yeah, that was great. Would you call and, that folk rock? What would you call Tom Petty? I guess maybe classic rock. Classic but I, rock, I okay. yeah, right. I love I love Tom Petty. He he's a great great artist, and I also like old school rap. <laughs> so I got to tell you, yeah, I did. I want to hear those announcements rap one day. That would be a big hit. We'll film that. Oh, I thought um, we'll go through. Your, your biggest professional pet peeve. Hmm. Well, that's a good one. Um, negativity. You know, when, when you do, yeah, but, you know, mm. when no one's able to, you, you can't get past. It's just everything's negative. My friend, Dr. Gilbert, says to replace the word but with and. Oh, I like that. Just take it. Don't yeah. even say it. Take it yeah. out. Uh, your your best strength as a principal? Um, I would think um, I think that the, my experiences are, are a big strength because I'm working with kids from different cultures, different backgrounds, all things like that. And, I, you know, being in the high school, mm -hmm. so um, I know what's expected. So I think that's a strength. And I think it's actually in your book. You know, I really um, – I do get the name Bleeding Heart Bixby, but I, I want treat every kid like they're my own. I really feel like, you know, is this the right thing? Is this what I would want for my kid? So. Got to get you shirts. BHB, Bleeding Heart Bixby. <laughs> and you know what? You got to love kids. Joke, but I, I'm proud of that. That's fine. Something that motivates you. Something that motivates you. I think my family. Spending time with my family definitely motivates me. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. Last purchase under 100 bucks that has had the greatest impact on your life. Mm-hmm. You know, interest, you know, I'm thinking about this. Um, part of my, uh, like you were asking about stress reduced earlier, yeah. you know, um, I do like yoga and meditation. So essential oils I've gotten into a little bit. Mm -hmm. And thieves, essential oil, um, I've been rolling it on my feet since August and my family, and we have not gotten sick at all yet. Your feet? Yep, you put it on your feet because that's the pores are on the bottom of your feet. They're the biggest pores in your body. Uh -huh. And I swear, I'm like, that is ridiculous. I've never heard of that before. And I have, I'm always sick, always, as soon as we go back to school. And I have not been sick yet. Uh -huh. And my kids haven't either. You know, I saw an advertisement yeah. for those patches. Oh, just, yeah, uh, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, that's gross. But no, right. this is like, just roll it on. It's been make it. I swear, you I don't have to sick. show me. I'm, I, I, I'm a foot guy. We've had a podiatrist on the show. <laughs> 
Um, your, in your opinion, three most important qualities of a leader. There's a lot here. There's a lot. You only got three. Uh, you have to be trustworthy. Um, I think you definitely have to be positive. And, and what's the... Um, you have to be open, you know, be willing to you listen to your people or be, you know, have an open door policy with, with your staff and open minded. Yeah, yeah. listening. Open minded. Okay. Definitely. I like it. If you could go back in your first or second year in principal and do something different or not have done something, mm -hmm. what would that be? I don't know if it's one thing specifically, but I think I definitely would have had more confidence. Because, um, you know, as a perfectionist, I'm always, oh, this might not be right. Just do it. Yeah. Just do it. You you know enough. You have the background. Do it. And if, if it's a mistake, I'm, I'm willing to admit it's a mistake. And you, know, you just have to have the confidence. And I think that I didn't have as much as I should have had when I first started. Yeah. Well, in the elementary, it was new, right? You know, it was a lot yeah. there. But yeah. Okay. That's a great answer. Yeah, you're being honest <laughs> and open. Short-term personal goal, three to five months. Finish my doctorate. Doctorate. <laughs> Dr. Bitsby here. And count, you know, hold me accountable to that one, I'm telling you. All right, mark it down, <laughs> listeners here. You're going to get a doctorate. Yep. Long-term personal goal, three to five years. Long-term, okay. Whew. Um, that house well, in I Cape Cod sounds nice. Yeah, oh, that house. Yeah, yeah, it's on my vision board. Yeah. It's on my vision board. So it might take a little longer. You okay. know, the kids are still in school. I have a longer professional goal uh, after the kids get out of school. But I think the next thing after I finish my doctorate, I want to uh, write a children's book, something I always wanted to do. Mm -hmm. um, so I think uh, definitely that's that's next on my list. About more inclusion, acceptance of others, um, just working with kids because I think uh, kids, uh, they don't know what they don't know. So they're scared of things they don't know and That's trying to help title. kids being. You don't know what you don't know. Right. Uh -huh. So, you know, kids just um, sometimes they're not always nice to other kids, but they're just, they don't understand sure. other kids. So I have some ideas and that's, uh, that's my next goal. You're going to okay. segue me into, I want to mention our, our sponsor again. But again, uh, someone like Diana that's thinking about, uh, you know, maybe Diana has a conversation with Michelle DiFilippo, mm -hmm. right? I have this idea. How do I get started? Yeah. Editing. Uh, this is the, a great company, Design, 1106 Design, my friend Michelle DiFilippo. This is her book. Check it out. She'll send you a free copy. And um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, contact her at uh, uh, www.1106design.com. And, you know, that's – I think a lot of people think about writing a book, but they kind of – how do I do it? Where do I get started? Right. Um, call Michelle, and she will help you out. She is a pro 1106 designer. So good luck with that. Um, we have your quote here, and you, you mentioned it at the wedding. Yeah, all you need is love uh, by the Beatles. And a shout-out to Brother Joe in my high school religion class. We listened to that song, and I remembered that. And Our book recommendation is, is the book uh, that you're reading now, The Power of Positive Leadership mm -hmm. by John Gordon. We want to have him on. and. Uh, the Energy Bus. Is the Energy yes. Bus a kid's book or an adult's book? Um, he does have a kid's book with the Energy Bus, but yeah. the Energy Bus was actually his his first book. I okay. think it may be in 2011. It's like okay. an older book. I didn't hear of it, but yeah. um, it, it's really a great thing about the power of positivity and, and, and teams. So, cool. Yeah. cool. Well, grab that thing there, Diana. We're going to play your song there. Grab the iPad. Yeah. We're going to play your song in and out here. Uh, but I do want to thank you for coming on. Uh, sure, you did a great you. job. Was it as bad as uh, you thought it was going to no, be? No, it wasn't. Did I beat you up? No, not was too there, bad. Was there a question that you were waiting for me to ask that I didn't? 
Um, I don't think so. No? No. I think it's raining again. You hear that? Yeah. yeah. Wow. More rain and humidity. How about that? Well, we're going to end the show, everyone. This was Education, Leadership, and Beyond. This was Diana Bixby. Uh, you did a great job. Thank you. And we're going to get your song here again uh, to end the show. So thanks for tuning in, everyone. Um, if you're enjoying the show, please leave me a positive review on iTunes. Uh, certainly comments on Facebook. Uh, and I'm on Twitter at Andrew Murata 21 And I just got on Instagram. I know you're on Instagram, too. I well, I'm trying to start it. Did I you like something? I saw you like something. Oh. Yeah, Marada Andrew is my Instagram. So check it out. We'll get your song back on here. There we go. So we're gonna sign off, everyone. Education, leadership, beyond. Thank you so much for tuning in, Diana Bixby. Go out and change the world, everyone. Thank you. Bye bye. Look, they, they were listening in San Gimignano. It's late in Italy, isn't it? It's going to be midnight. Oh, my God. One in the morning. Oh, yeah. All right. See you, everybody.